Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Imagine being handed a rather simple piece of paperwork by your agent and being told to list everything that you have that is an asset in your life. I suppose the process might go fairly quickly at first. I suppose you might list things like your home, the property you own, the automobiles or boats you own. Then I suppose you would start to list other things like bank accounts, investments, insurance policies. Finally, you might list some of the other things that you have, the furnishings in your home, the tools in your garage, the memorabilia that you are sure now must be worth millions. After you have done all of that, you might hand that form back to your agent and believe that you are now done. But then they hand you another page marked non-material assets. They tell you to mark down there the things that are valuable in your life, but which you cannot easily put a specific cash value on. What might you write there? Perhaps you would write down the academic degree that you have, or the certification that you worked hard for, or the title you have earned at work. You would unquestionably write down your family one by one. And finally, perhaps you might write down that person or mentor in life who you can't imagine being without. You know, I'm not sure exactly what the Apostle Paul, before his conversion, might have written down on that first sheet. I'd figure he did have some material possessions, but God never lays out for us in the scriptures what those things were. But as for that second sheet, that one that lists non-material assets, that we know some of the things that Paul would have written down on that sheet. We know the things that were of great value to him early on in his life. You see, we are told and reminded again today that the most precious thing to Paul in his life was his status within Judaism. Yes, on this form, he would have written down exactly what he wrote in our text today, circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law of Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. That is what meant the most to the Apostle Paul. Indeed, he was the one who looked and saw his life as defined by these very items. Well, at least he did, until one day he came into a new asset that nothing else could match up to. And what was that asset? Did Paul win the Jerusalem lottery and all of a sudden have bank accounts that were bursting at the seams? Did he finally get that boat that he had been always eyeing down at the boat dealership by the Sea of Galilee? No, he came to know Christ. And he said that once he came to know Christ, everything else in his life seemed like nothing. 
Actually, to be quite textually accurate, he not only described those other things that he used to value as neutral, he described them as negative. He called them a loss compared to knowing about Christ. For indeed, as he looked back, his dedication to the law, as the Pharisees understood it, his zeal that had led him to persecute Christians, and his blamelessness before the law, those were the very things that had kept him from actually knowing Christ as Lord initially. But blessedly, Christ had met him on the road to Damascus and had saved him from all of that. And once that happened, all that other stuff in his life seemed only like an impediment to what really mattered. So perhaps today it's time to take back out your forms. Are you sure everything on those forms is a truly an asset in your life? Are any of the things that you put on that list actually keeping you from knowing all of the blessings that the Lord Jesus has for you? Are any of the collections of physical assets that you have stopping you from fully investing in the kingdom of God or from being generous to your neighbors? If so, they're not truly assets at all, are they? Is your chief identity in life what you do for a living and what it took you to get there? Instead of your chief identity being child of God, baptized into his family, saved by his grace, filled with his spirit. If so, then those titles and accolades, they are not assets, but losses. Are your family or friends so important to you that you will remain more faithful to them than you will to the Lord and his ways? If so, they are not assets, but losses. Of course, the scriptures are clear that any of those things in and of themselves are not evil. In fact, all of those things that we have listed are described in the scriptures as blessings from God. But the problem is we humans have a way of turning blessings into curses. We take those blessings and they become so precious to us that they can start being nothing more than idols. And when they do that, they go out of the asset column and into the loss column. Yes, any time we begin to fear or love or trust in any of these things above God, they cease to become positives and become negatives. For we're to have no other gods before the one true God who has saved us from our sins and delivered to us life everlasting through his son Jesus' death and resurrection. I think perhaps what's most striking in our reading for today is how Paul speaks about those things that he once thought were so important in his life but now had a different assessment of. As we mentioned, he calls them losses instead of profits. He calls them negatives instead of positives. But he even goes so far as to call all of them rubbish in comparison to knowing Christ as Lord, in comparison to being connected to the power of Christ's resurrection. And sometimes I wonder, do we really understand what Paul is saying? 
Do we understand that he is saying the worth of knowing Christ is so great that those other things in comparison become absolute rubbish? Or do we sort of just assure ourselves that sure, our priorities must be right, God must be in the number one spot, and therefore we can continue to value all those other things just like we always have? Do we quickly dismiss Paul's words here in order that we might not have to impact our life at all? For the scriptures would tell us that if we have many dollars and other investments stored up, and yet see a brother in need and do not help, well, we need to stop and examine our lives. If the only thing people know about us outside of those who gather with us here on Sunday morning is what we do for a living and our list of accolades, well, then we should stop and examine our lives. If we've changed our opinions on matters which the scriptures speak about, in order to make the relationships we have in other parts of our lives a lot easier to maintain, well, then we must stop and examine our lives. Yes, for then we must admit that these things have become negatives in our life. We then have to say that they are rubbish, nothing compared to knowing Christ as Lord for when we come to recognize this, then we no longer rely on ourselves or on the things of this world, but on the God who raises up people from the dead. Yes, then we, by God's grace, gain Christ and are found in him, not having a righteousness of our own that is through the law, but a righteousness that comes through faith in Jesus Christ. Righteousness from God that depends on faith. Then we know Christ and the power of his resurrection. Then we will share gladly in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, because we know that then we will also attain the resurrection from the dead. Oh, none of us are already perfect, but we press on. We press on to make all of this our own because Jesus Christ has made us his own in the waters of baptism in the words that flow from the pulpit, in the bread and the wine that is served in the supper. Yes, all of those things help us to forget what lies behind, to strain towards what lies ahead, to press on towards the goal of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So today, look down again at those sheets where you listed mentally the assets in your life. Notice there how now one is written so largely that it dwarfs everything else on the page. Everything else is rubbish in comparison to knowing Jesus Christ as Lord. That is why there on that sheet, Jesus' name is written there. Written in ink that cannot be taken away. Written there on the day when Jesus died for you on Calvary. And that asset will not perish or fade. Unless you yourself rip that name off of your life through unrepentant sin, that name remains with you forever. It remains with you producing life now and sustaining life in you forever. Rejoice, for you are rich indeed, for Christ is yours. Amen.